We're here live in Calgary at UCP headquarters on Tuesday night. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. UCP headquarters on Tuesday night. Jason Kenney has just announced, um, he just did his big speech, um, part of which was in French, which I actually thought was a pretty nice touch. Um, he's the new premier designate. Um, you at home, you're going to be watching this on Wednesday night um, because I have to make my way back to Edmonton and Kian is going to put in a bit of a long night here, I think. Anyway, with me tonight, of course, my rebel colleague, Kian Bextie, resident muckraker, call me hunter extraordinaire, and our friend, William Macbeth from Save Calgary, a man with the best hair in all of politics and also a man I like to call the Olympics killer. Oh. Now, <laughs> yes. Now, I wanted to ask Kian about... Um, the truck. The oh. truck and McGrath. Yep. Did, she just might have lost her seat tonight, and I think you might have done it. I So throughout this whole broadcast here, I'm going to keep saying the advance poll votes will be counted later, so we're not sure that she's won, uh, lost yet. But right now it looks like the people who voted on Election Day decisively, well, maybe not so decisively, that's my rhetoric kicking in, 400 votes kept Anne McGrath from a seat in Edmonton. She lost the election today. And unless advanced polls say otherwise, she will not be going to Edmonton. And I think that the truck that we we ran through her riding did its job. We educated voters, and that's the job of the media. And it's the job that the mainstream media has neglected for the past five or six years, I think, is, is when the mainstream media really started to stop doing their job. Um, so we educated voters. Every voter I talked to that wasn't an obvious NDP partisan hack said once they realized Anne was a commie that they wouldn't vote for her. There's there's at least three or four folks that we have on camera saying, oh my God, I can't believe it. Once people know that Anne McGrath is a communist, they don't want to vote for her. Surprise, surprise. Who would have thought? Yeah. Um, but it was a successful campaign, probably the most successful campaign I've mounted at the Rebel because the message was so obvious. The, the CBC declined to report on Anne McGrath's red record. They, they explicitly neglected to mention her past candidacy with the Communist Party of Canada. And they did a disservice to the residents of Calgary Varsity and to greater Albertans uh, when they did that. I'm, I'm glad we had the opportunity to educate voters in this, in this respect. Yeah, I think it was a complete and total abdication of their journalistic responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I mean, as long as they keep doing that, you and I are going to have all the job security God, that yeah. we can handle. Um, because we exist in this vacuum because they failed to do their job. I mean, I wrote a book, The Destroyers, because the media failed to properly vet the NDP candidates so that we ended up with people like Deb Drever and uh, Thomas Dang and, you know, a whole host of others who are severely unqualified for their job. Yeah. Um, William, let's talk about some of the other um, surprise or maybe not so surprising um, elections results. Um, I was checking just before we came on air, it looks like um, Derek Fildebrandt finished third in his own riding. 
he may have even finished fourth. Uh, I, I think what's so interesting is the NDP have been spinning this narrative that this was going to be a nail-biter campaign, particularly in Calgary. And the reality is they were obliterated across the province and everywhere except their core, and not even everywhere in Edmonton, but in no. the downtown urban core of Edmonton. And I think it's, I think anybody with any sense knows why that was. This was an election about three things. It was about jobs, it was about the economy, and it was about getting pipelines built. And for Rachel Notley, it is a 0 for 3 record in her four years in office. Alberta has 170,000 unemployed people and no prospect of job creation under the NDP. Investment has fled. People don't want to put their money here because Alberta is closed for business under the NDP. And when it comes to pipelines, we were told, we were promised, we were assured that if we had a carbon tax, other provinces would fall all over themselves yeah. to let us build pipelines through their backyards. And the reality was we didn't get a single pipeline built. And when people looked at Rachel Notley's record and said, do we really want four more years of failure? They said, no, we're going to vote for someone new. And they didn't just vote for someone new in drips and drabs. They threw the NDP out and yeah. ushered in a blue wave of conservatism under Jason Kenney. Um, I wanted to ask you, now, nearly 700,000, is that accurate? 700,000 people voted in the advance polls. Which way do you think they're going to break? Uh, I mean, we've now probably got roughly two-thirds of those people counted. Uh, they were in riding votes, and those people, I, well, I, I can tell you I know one riding, uh, uh, Calgary West, quite well, and uh, it was a three-to-one margin for the United Conservative Party oh, there wow. with the advance polls. It was hefty, and I cannot imagine a scenario where those out-of-riding polls are going to break substantially differently than the rest of the advanced polls. I think I think Albertans were chomping at the bit for change, chomping at the bit for a new government, clamoring to throw the bums out. And that's what they got tonight. They got a solid United Conservative government, and they sent the NDP packing. A, a lot of the NDP MLAs and ministers who are now looking for work are about to discover just how tough the job situation really is in Alberta. Yeah, I've been tweeting them Arby's applications because... Do you think they're qualified, Sheila? They're going to spit in my beef and cheddar, that's all I know. You know, <laughs> may have to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah um, you know, and I, let's talk about the failure of press progress. We were on air with Ezra for quite some time today because, as you know, Ezra can sure talk. He's got the gift of gab, so we were like three and a half hours we were on air for. Um, but it seems to me that every candidate that Press Progress attacked that remained, um, it was like the golden touch. If you were targeted by Press Progress, you, you know, you slid home with 60 to 80 percent of the vote. Um, I, I guess, you know, Rachel Notley's foreign funded proxies weren't as successful as the mainstream media made them seem. Every, every candidate that Press Progress attacked won except for Kaylin Ford and Eva. Who, yeah, the who ones resigned. that didn't remain. But if Eva remained, yeah. she would have won. I think Her riding so. went UCP by a three to one uh, mm -hmm. ratio. And Kaylin Ford, I think she was such a stellar candidate. If she stayed, maybe she would have edged out Mountain View. Uh, the NDP did end up winning there. But every other candidate they attacked, Grant Hunter, Jason Nixon, Casey Madu, uh, Madu uh, Devin Dreeson. <laughs> they won by margin seven to one. Some of these. Yeah. It's. I. I mean, I can't think of. I, I wouldn't want to be in their position to know that the work that they do 
is so futile. I know you're watching this. <laughs> the they do. They hate watch. It's useless. okay. <laughs> I mean, they're having a bit of a rough night, I would say. They, they, they worked extremely hard to re-elect Rachel Notley, and Albertans just frankly, frankly disagree. But I think there's some interesting things we have to ask ourselves about third-party involvement in, in this election. You know, we've looked at Press Progress, who has run an unrelenting campaign against yep. Alberta's energy sector. Yep. We look at the big unions, who have run an unrelenting campaign against Alberta's energy sector, and yet somehow they supported the NDP, which makes me think, did they really believe the NDP was going to stand up for Alberta's energy sector? Or did they say, what we're seeing from the NDP is the dog and pony show, the smoke yeah. and mirrors of, well, we're not going to win Alberta if we don't pretend to support Alberta's energy sector. So let's all play along. Let's all play ball. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. But then, you know, it, I don't think, uh, I don't think third party groups who are so opposed to our energy sector would campaign for politicians who are actually in favor of it. Yep. I think what we saw was that foreign-funded anti-oil, anti-Alberta oil campaign and the NDP being called to task by saying, look, we don't really believe you. I don't think Albertans believe them either, which is no. why so many of them have been sent packing tonight. Well, I don't believe them when they appoint people like Ed Whittingham to the AER and Sephora Berman to the OSAG and Karen Mahone to the OSAG and Tim Gray to the OSEG, all foreign-funded radicals um, deciding the fate and future of our oil and gas development and, uh, you know, uh, I mean, there's a whole other level in, uh, in this though and it, it's the oil field CEOs who are cutting deals with Rachel Notley's government to support the carbon tax that I have to pay and they really don't. Yeah. Um, and working with people like Sephora Berman, you know, Suncor worked with Sephora Berman to get in that emissions cap, and then guess who gets in under the emissions cap? Yeah, I bet you their tone, their tone is going to be changing. Darn now right that it is. Yeah, Jason Kenney. Uh, there's a new Jason, sheriff. Yeah, yep. there's a new sheriff in town. That's a good way to put it. Uh, and Jason Kenney is known as being a stickler uh, th throughout his whole time being Minister of Immigration uh, with Stephen Harper. He was known as a pretty hard-ass minister, uh, yep. and he's not going to put up with these hobnobbing CEOs who are rich in their own right, uh, just kind of coming up to them to brown nose. We know that's what they were doing with Rachel Notley this whole time. Yeah. They never Sweetheart had any... Sweetheart deals. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, let's talk about uh, what happens next. So... Uh, like Will, the first hundred days. Yeah, William. What are your first hundred days fantasy football? Jason <laughs> Kenny things that he's gonna do. I w wait. I'll tell you mine. Oh. I want him to send Stephen Harper as a special envoy to Donald Trump to get Keystone XL approved. Uh, <laughs> I, I do believe the U.S. <laughs> president is in favor of Keystone XL. Yes, but he needs to really push it through. Uh, I, I, look, Jason Kenny has promised what is being called the summer of repeal, the line no by line review of the bad legislation that this NDP government brought in over its four years with, I mean, I don't think the NDP sent a clearer message to the world than if you want to invest, don't invest in Alberta. Yeah. It was a key reason, I think, why so many Albertans decided we needed change. Alberta used to be the place where if you had an idea, if you had a product, if you had a business, you brought it to Alberta because we were the province like yes to entrepreneurship, yes to opportunity, yes to prosperity. And that really took a big hit under the NDP. So I'm hoping yeah. that we start cutting the red tape, that we proceed aggressively with the corporate, with the business tax cut, that we have Jason on a plane, something, by the way, you know, Jason Kenny's uniquely suited to, 
flying around and talking with groups of people. He did it for five years as immigration minister. I want Jason on a plane visiting New York and London and all of the financial capitals saying, forget the last four years of government in Alberta. Alberta is now once again open for business. Please come here and help us kickstart our economy. I really think that is why Jason needs to send that message, not just to Canada, but globally. Well, and I'm also eager to see him circumvent the federal government. You know, deploy somebody, uh, deploy uh, somebody like Stephen Harper. Again, I mean, I would just send Stephen Harper everywhere. To solve you are the setting a very high bar for I, I uh, who you're going to go send. everywhere and Former solve all Prime the Minister. world's problems. But I Maybe mean, Kim Campbell's available. Maybe we can get her instead. <laughs> and Sheila Cops. Sheila Cocktails. <laughs> I, I understand she has a lot of free time right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to see him circumvent the federal government and deal with issues like canola without the federal government. Let's send our own people, our own experienced people, former agriculture ministers from Saskatchewan who aren't doing much these days. Jerry Ritz. Jerry Ritz, gorgeous Jerry Ritz. The best Ritz MP in his... that Canada has ever seen, by you the You know way. what? Him and his mustache could talk me into just about anything, so I think we should deploy him to China to solve the canola problems. He's got a mustache like a curling broom. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, mean, I think he'd be really thrilled to hear that. I, uh, I think Jerry Ritz, outstanding minister. But here's the problem with Justin Trudeau. He is a naive waif when it comes to foreign policy. Yeah. He showed up in China with incredible lack of understanding about Canada's priorities when it came to foreign relations yeah. and international trade. He lectured, you know, the second largest economy in the world and say, how dare you not hold our standards. Yeah. Standards, by the way, which I have no idea what they are anymore, since apparently rule of law is no longer what, what, our, what our government believes in. But we export billions of dollars of canola to China. And yet, you know, Prime Minister Trudeau seems to think that 9,000 theoretical Bombardier, uh, sorry, I used to say Bombardier because we've propped them up Wrong, so much. corrupt SNC Lavalin <laughs> jobs are worth more than a multi-billion dollar trade contract for Alberta yeah. and Western Canadian canola. Uh, I would hope, you know, it's interesting, Jason Kenney uh, talks about this. Uh, Justin Trudeau was his critic when he was a federal cabinet minister. And he's noted he's had a lot of critics over the years. He's had NDP critics and block critics and, and, and whatnot. And he's always found them to be, you know, well-read, up on the files, focused on, on the interest, except one. And that one was Justin Trudeau, who he frankly just didn't think was smart enough to understand the no, issues that were being talked. No. I know it comes a shock to many people that Justin Trudeau just wasn't ready when it became uh, to be a, you know, a, a I critic. I remember somebody trying to tell me something about yeah, that. I mean, nice time. hair though. Yes. Ian, what's your first 100 days fantasy football? Voluntary student unionism is by far my <laughs> most, uh, what I'm most interested in. Yeah. And I know it's a niche thing, That's but okay. I hate student unions with a burning <laughs> passion. I sincerely hope that students are freed from their uh, from a system that violates their human rights guaranteed to them by the United Nations yeah. of all people. Article 20, look it up. Uh, it is <laughs> it is a violation of students' human rights to be forced to be a member of student unions that try desperately to keep the NDP in office. By the way, they're forced to pay dues to them. I hope that that is put on the table just like Doug Ford did Ontario. Uh, carbon tax gone, of course. I hope there's some municipal reform. Um, William, you know more than anything about that. I hope that um, uh, Rachel Notley's government throughout her term uh, toyed with the idea of giving uh, municipal governments more taxing power, and I hope that that is just totally taken uh, 
off the table with Jason Kenny. Uh, the canola is a good point. What you were saying earlier. I think Jason Kenny. He's obsessed with federal ministries. He's been talking about immigration in almost every speech that he's given, yeah. which frustrates me uh, to uh, to one point. But also, it opens up some doors. He has some federal experience, and he can actually. Uh, have a minister for trade who's not Darren Billis yeah. uh, doing real work. Yeah. Devin Dreeshen could would do an excellent job. He joined uh, he joined Jason Kenny on the trip to uh, India. Uh, it was a trade mission that the opposition yeah. hosted. It was something that was unheard of. Uh, Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, did more work in that trip, I'm sure, than Rachel Nolly yeah. and Justin Trudeau did in in well in yeah. Justin Trudeau's trip, and, and Rachel Nolly never even bothered. So. In one of in one of Asia's in, yeah. in Asia's yeah. most emerging markets, so um, that's what I'm hoping for in the first hundred days. Um, let's talk about some of the more fun stuff. Um, I see the Alberta Party finished with uh, about nine point three percent of the vote. Do you think that their um, Jesse Smollett style uh, hoax with the robocall complaint? to the RCMP helped or hurt them? <laughs> I don't think it changed anything. Yeah, because nobody, nobody knows who they are. <laughs> nobody cares. The only people who care about the Alberta party are out of touch academics and elites and, and red Tories who left the PC party hoping that they could find a home in a party uh, that, that would welcome them. And, and the Alberta party was the perfect candidate for that because they were desperate for anyone because turns out you can't elect a government with academic elites. So uh, Red Tories fled the old PC party after he yeah. joined with the Wild Rose. Uh, you know, the Allison Redford types. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen Mandel is a great example. He was a yeah. former PC cabinet minister. Dave Quest, too. I love the visual. Dave Quest. Really? Yeah, he's he, running. He was in, in that press conference where they talked yeah. about the auto phone He call. was running in Sherwood Park. I enjoyed, like, like our, I enjoyed oh that visual of Dave Quest standing behind Stephen Mandel as he nuked his own career on the steps outside, I think, of City Hall as One he's like, oh, no, they... two press conferences of this Oh, God, election. I enjoyed it to no end. I watched it five times. I, I did have to laugh because I, I thought, how how bad does it have to be for your party when when people, th you know, they say I'm being impersonated, <laughs> and the answer is actually just nobody knew who you were, yeah. and so they assumed it was a different person. That is not an endorsement <laughs> for a major political party. You know, if you're if gonna snatch votes from someone, don't pretend to be Stephen Mandel. He's got none. I just saw it. 9%. No. Percentage? Nine? Nine. Well, that's actually higher than I thought it would be. I but 0.0% of seats, though, I think, if we yeah. if yeah, we yeah, check yeah. the current no, yeah. Yeah, no, that, and it was so funny because, I mean, then they're not even participating in the investigation because they saw that Matt Solberg offered yeah. to check to see if the phone number for this fake robocall pretending to be Stephen Mandel endorsing um, Jason Kenney matched the robocall that they used for the Stephen Harper one, and they've not taken them up on the offer, so I think they know, especially when the lady came out and said, oh, yeah, I checked yeah. my voicemail, and it was actually, you know... I actually Stephen suspect Harper. the Alberta party has larger problems now that they're now concerned about, including the fact that after they they stabbed their first leader in the back, you oh. know, the leader who had actually won a seat and started to build a brand, Did. they decided he wasn't good enough. Yeah. So they, they stabbed him in the back, they put Stephen Mandel in, and he led them to losing their only seat. I think the Alberta party has to have a serious sit down about, should we still be a thing? A lot They should have a joint conference with the Liberal Party yeah, about, should we still be a thing anymore, considering Can we no longer have anything. Together? 
Because well, they could be a non-thing together. Give them ideas. Well, no, but like, can they get? Well, because the other option is you join the NDP or yeah. you infiltrate the UCP. I think that's going to be what's happen going to yeah. happen. Oh yeah. We yeah. Saw well, we I don't know. Thomas Lukasik, he endorsed um, the NDP. Too much success. But I want to know. It really what made a huge difference. He yeah, indeed. <laughs> it's very. My hair's better, but yeah. It is. It is. It's fine. I'm very envious of the people watching this tomorrow because <laughs> I want to know what you know right now, which is what is happened in Calgary Varsity, what's happened in all those really close ridings. Yeah. Uh, those advanced poll votes are really... It's uh, crazy. Well, it's so close in quite a few ridings. Uh, if uh, And I don't know how many are within like a couple dozen because yeah. if you write, remember in 2015, uh, there were about five ridings that were within 200 votes. One of them was within six votes. That was Cardston Siksika's old riding, yeah. uh, Little Bow, when Ian Donovan ran against yeah. Doug... Uh, Schneider. Yes, Doug Schneider. Let's look at Drayton Valley, Devon. I read a hundred articles written by people who had never visited Drayton Valley, Devon, or had spoken to somebody who had ever been to Drayton Valley, Devon, about Mark Smith and things that he said in his church that are really inconsequential to a town that's burning, that's turning into a ghost town because of Rachel Notley's um, policies. Well, clearly they didn't care. What, w what were the results? Can you pull them up there? Yeah, let's have a peek at Drayton Valley, Devon. Um, Drayton Valley, Devon, with nine, as we're recording this, 99 of 107 polls returning. We've got uh, 3,621 votes for the NDP candidate here, that Kieran Quirky, Quirk? Kieran Quirky? Yeah, exactly. You don't I'm know who sorry, it is. I'm sorry, I don't know. <laughs> that ex that's my point. Um, <laughs> and uh, someone, to, yes. to Mark Smith, 12,091 votes. That's really, really very close. That's the press progress touch rate there, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think I think if you looked at uh, when this issue first came out, Mark had uh, uh, Smith had posted on his Facebook page and uh, if you a simple sampling of the comments in there was that the voters of Drayton Valley Devon were still were standing very solidly yeah. behind uh, behind Mark Smith. I think, you know, uh, conservative candidates are obviously held to a, a significantly higher standard than so others. Are conservative journalists. Uh, as are, well, I, I, I would accept that point. Yes. Um, you know, it's interesting. We've pointed out how why wasn't the fact that Anne McGrath, uh, who ran for the actual Communist Party, why wasn't that covered nearly as much as some of these other yeah. as some of these other issues? And I, I think it's a legitimate point to say that there is a double standard for for conservatives. But despite the hysteria from various quarters of 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 the ndp and, and of press progress and others uh, of that regard uh mark smith easily re-elected because i think people saw that that wasn't why the ucp were running a foreign government ucp were running to fix alberta's economy yeah. and that was the message that jason kenney delivered goodness knows how many times over the last two years they did not believe that the ucp was running to implement some sort of agenda that was against uh, what a majority of Albertans believe. So for the NDP and others to suggest, and I actually think it was to their real detriment in the end, because as you attack your opponent, you may be able to scare a handful of voters into moving into another camp, but you harden the base yeah, of support I think for a, a, a party. And I think as a result, their ability to move the undecideds or the, the leanings decreased the more they fired attacks, and at the end, I think they're going. The NDP are going to have to have a serious conversation about, you know, was this really the best strategy for winning re-election? I mean, it didn't work, and now they've got an energized 
you know, base of conservatives who said we're sick and tired yep. of all being painted as homophobes and as bigots yeah. and as racists and as every other label that they'd be thrown against us. So uh, I hope I hope there's a lot of soul searching on the part of the left and their allies and supporters about whether or not this really was a good strategy or if it has now alienated a majority of Albertans for a generation against them. Yeah, they took a, an election campaign that should have been about jobs and the economy and each party's different plan for jobs and the economy and made it personal about the voters. It wasn't even just personal about the politicians, but it was really personal about the voters. I think for Drayton Valley Devon, they had already elected Mark Smith once. They know he worked hard for him. They or for them, they they know Mark. And so when, you know, NDP proxies are attacking Mark, I think it, your point holds true that they really just hardened their support around him. And the suggestion that what one of 87 candidates must reflect what an entire diverse yeah. candidate team. I, I think that's such an, you know, people complain that that they don't hear real answers in politics, that all they get are focus group tests and talking points. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons that is, is because if you ascribe to an entire candidate team and their leader, the views and comments of a single candidate in a single writing, that's all you're going to get then yeah. is bromides and platitudes yeah. because it's an unfair standard to hold people to. And it is a double standard. Conservatives yeah. are held to that standard far more than people in love. I don't think anybody asked Rachel Notley about her abiding love of communism just yeah. because, you know, Anne McGrath happened to run for the Communist Party. Yeah. So. Is there anything to say, Ken? Well, bring it home. I, well, I'll, <laughs> I will bring it home. I hope to God that the polls tomorrow show Anne McGrath losing. Um, there's no way in hell I think that she should be representing Albertans. But I do think there's someone standing right there, right off camera, waiting to kick us out of here. So I think um, <laughs> outside of that, I'm I'm pleased with the results. Yeah. I think that it was a win for Alberta. I think that a new day is dawning in Alberta, as Doug Ford would put it if he was here. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm pleased. I And that's yeah. about it. Yeah, I think we have to wrap it up because I think this guy is literally going to unplug my camera. Uh, I think he's going to unplug the camera. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I I you know, I my prediction for NDPC counts was 23. I think what are we at? 25? 24, 24 25. Plus or minus. Um, minus. you know. Seems pretty good, Sheila. Yeah, I you know what? You they don't hire like, me for my looks. I should do journalism. <laughs> should try that out sometime. Um I think that's enough NDP left to prosecute when we open up the books and see all the things that they've done. You know, you can you can hang a lot of bad things around the yoke of yep. uh, 24, 25, or whatever it is, people. So um, that's enough people left to answer some very ugly, very hard questions once they crack out the things like whatever's been going on in the environment ministry and in energy. So I think that's going to be very interesting. I want to thank both of you guys for staying late. It is 10 minutes to 12 here at <laughs> UCP headquarters, but a very long night. Um, thanks everybody at home for watching. I'll see everybody back, uh, well, not here at home, probably in my home <laughs> studio um, in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.